Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and what a wonderful hour we just had. If you missed any of it, you can always check out the podcast, and I encourage you to do so. It's at MyFaithRadio.com. Today we're going to talk about putting Jesus at the very center of your world, in your life, and everything you do and everything you think and every thought, word, and deed. And my friend Carrie Headington is going to help us do that. She is the founder of the Good News Initiative, which provides resources and evangelism all around the world. She's a graduate of Yale University, Harvard University, and then got two graduate degrees in theology, evangelism, and apologetics from Oxford. Carrie, always nice to have you on the show. Welcome back. Bill, it is great to be here. <laughs> and I have to tell you, a rare thing is happening in Dallas, Texas. It is snowing right now. Wow. You're getting an ice storm, aren't you? Yeah, it's an ice. It's okay. We have about two inches of ice, but actually, at this very moment, it's beautiful snow flurries, and we never get this. So our entire city is shut down. Yeah, and you're an Oklahoma girl, so this is uh, this is really rare for you to have this kind of snow experience, isn't it? It is. It is. I'm so glad I'm I'm getting to talk with you though, because <laughs> they're like, will our will our grid make it through, but we're making it through for for God's glory. I know you get this weather all the time, but for That's, us, this is uh, it's pretty special. I'm happy to let you be excited about it because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't excite us. But thank you for uh, for letting us know and you're being available amidst the ice storm to come on and do the show. Uh, it's so great. And, you know, I, this time of year, we are are celebrating the joy that the light has come into our darkness. And one of the prayers that we've been praying every Sunday in our church is, Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I, I, of course, you know, I'm an evangelist. I love evangelism. I love sharing the good news. And I especially love seeing the body of Christ come alive with their understanding that they are all called all of us are called to the witness to the good news. But I think before, and I'd love to have another session with you talking about evangelism, but I think before we can even begin to think about sharing our faith with others, of course, revival begins with us. And I think about a, a fountain of living water, you know, a fountain doesn't go around splashing everyone people are drawn to a fountain mm -hmm. 
uh, and Paul talks about that fragrant rose. We're to be the fragrance of Christ, um, and and a, a fragrant rose doesn't uh, press people to come smell that rose. You're just somehow compelled, and and of course, a light, a light in the middle of the darkness. We're drawn to that light, and so I've been thinking as uh, as I start the new year and get my spiritual practices in order and start to think about, you know, how do I, how do I get more and more filled with Jesus? How do I shine Jesus even brighter in my life? How do I love people with the word word and, and love of Jesus? And of course it's, it begins with us, you know, it begins with us. And so I go back to uh, every year, and I I tweak it for myself. Uh, some things need to be fixed and tweaked and emphasized to put Jesus back in the center. And I want to I want to share this tool today, and hope that uh, it will also be a blessing to your hearers. And again, what we're talking about, Bill, today, putting Jesus in the center of our lives. Um, these these tools and these gifts that we're going to talk about today are, are nothing new. Your hearers know them well, but it's to really say, are we doing these things? And if we are, how can we go deeper in this work? And I'm, I'm going to use something uh, that Dawson Trotman, uh, a man who lived during World War II, uh, he developed it's it's the image of a wheel and to think of our lives as a wheel and Dawson Trotman began to evangelize people and then he went on a uh, a ship at the USS West Virginia naval ship in in World War II and he he led 125 men to Jesus and once they had given their lives to Jesus, they said, we want to grow. We want to go deeper in Christ. Can you give us the basic tools we need to flourish in a life with Christ? And so he gave them what I'm going to share today. And by the end of the Second World War, they said that literally thousands upon thousands of men on ships and bases around the world were learning these principles. And, of course, these principles come right out of the teaching of God's Word. And then uh, later on it became the navigators right. uh, that are now in over 100 countries. Mm-hmm. So, so how the purpose of life, if we think about what what is the purpose of our lives? What is the purpose of our lives? And so I just want to pause there and let our listeners think, what is the purpose of your life? Hmm. A great introspective question. Yes. Yes. The purpose of life, as, as uh, Yahweh said in the, in the Old Testament, and Jesus said again, the purpose of life is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And the work 
is to believe in the one who is sent, to believe in Jesus. Amen. And and not just to believe an intellectual assent to a philosophy, but to believe, be, believe in the, the New Testament from that Greek word pisteu, which means to trust, to commit to, to put your weight down on. And of course, throughout the Holy Scripture, over 600 times, God and then through Jesus is saying, come to me, follow me, taste and see, follow me. And we must learn how to abide in Jesus before we can abound in anything in this life. So I want to imagine our lives like a wheel, and and I love that image because um, the faith is never stagnant. If if we have stopped and taken our eyes off Jesus, we begin to roll backwards. So the hub of the wheel of our lives is Jesus, and Jesus has to be the center. Why? Because we were made for relationship with God. As St. Augustine said, um, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. Blaise Pascal, uh, the great French philosopher, said, we all, every human being has a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. And, of course, Scripture says, in you, Jesus, we live and move and have our being. And I was just looking again at, at Paul's words to the Colossians about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So Jesus at the center of our lives. Jesus at the center of our lives. And so I like to do a little diagnostic, especially at the beginning of the year, and say, is Jesus first? Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. So I love this acronym FIRST, F-I-R-S-T. Is Jesus first F in our finances? Jesus said that, look at the lilies of the field, don't worry about your life. As much as he clothes them, how much more will he clothe us? Look at the sparrow. Even the sparrow has found a nest. And Jesus emphasizes again and again, don't store up your treasures on this earth. Seek things that are above. So finances, are we trusting Jesus with our finances? Are we being anxious or are we pressing into him? Mm. Are we being generous with what he has given us and sharing with others? Think about the example of the early church. They said, wow, look at these Christians who share what they have. 
What is it about them? So finances, is Jesus first in our finances? I, interest, boy, this is a, this, <laughs> this was certainly convicting to me. Interest, how, how are we, how, what are we doing with our time? Are, are we inviting God into it? It's, it's, it's not so much that some of the things we're doing are uh, nefarious in some way, but when we're engaged in our hobbies or things that bring us joy, are we inviting God into it? I asked some college students the other night, I said, are you inviting the Holy Spirit to come and help you with your studies? Well, no, my studies are my studies. They said. <laughs> I said, yeah. well, invite Jesus yeah. into it. Carrie, it hadn't crossed their mind, had it? No, they. I mean, they just thought, well, that's what I do, you know. That's a different I, lane. That's a different right, area. That's a different, and and don't we do that as Americans, Bill? We silo everything. Oh, totally. And, yeah. And and Paul says, in all things, give glory to God. Yes, all in things. In all things. In all things. So yeah. our interest, even when we're uh, watching our favorite television show, are we inviting Jesus into that to say, help me see this with your eyes? Great question. Speaking of silos, I need to create a silo here because we need to take a break. Carrie Headington is my guest. We're talking about prioritizing Jesus in every area of your life, inviting him in everywhere. We'll be right back. listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Faith, Hope, and Clarity, in a special repeat performance. Welcome to the show. If you just joined us, I hope you've had a good day. Carrie Headington is my guest. She's an evangelist who speaks throughout the entire U.S. and around the globe and has a real desire to share the love of Jesus and has had some amazing experiences throughout her um, her work doing that very thing. And Carrie, during the break, Rosie and I are talking 100 miles an hour about, like, all right, we're already 0 for 2, <laughs> you know, the FI, <laughs> yes. you know, we're, uh, we're talking about finances and then we we're talking about inviting God in to every area of our lives. And sometimes we think, well, this is a topic that I need to address with, you know, it's, it's not as related. It's like a student saying, well, I got to go study. So I don't have to invite God into that process and how important it is to invite him in everywhere. Yes, absolutely. So we are we are looking at how to place Jesus in the center of our lives. And we are doing a diagnostic. Jesus said, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So first, we're doing a little acronym. F was finances. I was interest. R, relationships. Are we inviting Jesus into our relationships and letting him be Lord of our relationships? Is he in the center of our relationships? Are we being people of forgiveness? Or is there someone we need to go to to say, please forgive me? 
We all fall short, Bill. Mm-hmm. All human beings love imperfectly. And I, I did a little Christmas message to my family over Christmas, and I looked at my niece and nephew, and I said, everybody in this room is going to let you down at some point in your life. It's not that we don't love you. We love imperfectly because we're fallen human beings. Only God loves perfectly. Mm-hmm. So is there someone we're supposed to be a listening ear to? Are we following those nudges to reach out when the Lord says reach out? And and I think if I'm honest about my hub, I was single for so many years into my 40s, and <clears throat> I can remember <clears throat> in that hub with Jesus was my desire to be a wife. Mm-hmm. And my deep yearning to have a husband. So Jesus got crowded out sometimes because I was so focused on finding a husband. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to say to single folks, I wasted a lot of time because I wish I had kept my eyes laser focused on Jesus. Because if he wants us to marry, he will bring someone to us. Um, The one who finds himself a wife, finds himself a good thing. And so if he wants it to happen, it will happen. But the key is I wasted a lot of time that I could have been out doing some amazing things. I think I missed some great adventures with Jesus. So mm-hmm. but, so in our relationships are is Jesus in the center? S, schedule. <laughs> um, goodness me, I think they said that, Our attention span of the average American is something like six seconds, and we see something like 1,400 advertisements a day. We are on our screens a lot. I know uh, for myself when I think, um, gosh, oh, yeah, I I don't spend that much time on my phone, and then my phone gives me a little thing at the end of the week how (laughs) long I've been on the phone. I go, ooh, and did I invite Jesus into that? Are we making time with the Lord? You know, just giving our Lord 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning, even I know for particularly for young parents, that that just seems like impossibility. Um, when we are rushing around our house, cleaning our house and, and taking kids places, are we inviting Jesus into that? And, you know, even just a couple of minutes of silence in the presence of God is 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 worth reading, reading many books. I mean, truly, time and stillness, God, God will meet with us and speak to God has so much to give us, Bill. And I feel like as Americans, we're only just eating a side salad and he wants to give us this feast and, and we just need to give time. Every relationship needs time. So, Carrie, when you're talking to friends and you say, well, how are you doing? And they go, well, I'm busy. Well, isn't that like the buzzword? Isn't that the way that kind of you you can get people off your back? Just say busy. Yeah, I'm busy. And I think busyness, I think the enemy doesn't need to come at us with anything real extreme anymore because he just keeps us busy and keeps us away from the Lord. So our schedule, are we carving out that time with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And the last, F-I-R-S-T, is troubles. 
who do we go to when troubles hit? I always say, do we do we go to the phone or to the throne? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He has conquered all things. In this world, you will have troubles, says Jesus, but I have overcome the world. And in our weakest moments, he is strong. You know, Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. So I boast all the more in my weakness because that's when God's strength comes in. He's the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the great comforter. But I think oftentimes we look for outlets from our troubles in all sorts of self-destructive ways. And the Lord wants to comfort us and heal us and nurture us. So are we coming to Jesus with our troubles? Or are we walking around carrying our troubles on our backs that we're all getting serious back injuries? (laughs) You know, are we bent over? He says, I want to take that burden off of you. I want to carry it for you. This is what I did on the cross. So is Jesus the center of our lives? Is he first, first in our finances, interests, relationships, schedules, and troubles? So we say, well, I'm doing my best. So how do we keep Jesus How do we keep him first? How do we hold him at the center of our lives? How do we, how do we believe but increase our belief anymore? I want to look at even more. I want to look at four spokes to the wheel. Four spokes to the wheel. We're imagining Jesus at the center of our lives, the hub of the wheel of our lives, that we want to move in the right direction. That first spoke is prayer. And I was thinking about this, Bill. We as followers of Jesus can come before the throne room of grace at any time and in any condition. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that? How powerful that is that we can come before the holy God that in the Old Testament the priest would have a rope around his around his waist, and they'd have to pull him if that Shekinah glory got too strong. Moses took off his shoes. And here we, at any time, can come before the throne room of grace. Yeah. Uh, my sister Donna Slater, I was just talking to on the phone. She said, and he never slumbers or sleeps. He's always awake. Um Tim Keller, I I read a quotation by him recently. He said, um, um, children can only go to their fathers in the middle of the night for a glass of water. Right. Well, we'll, And how much more we can. We'll pick up the uh, spokes after the break. Carrie Headington is my guest. We're talking about making Jesus first in everything and inviting him into every area of our lives. We'll be right back. In just a minute. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. 
faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. My guest today is Carrie Headington, and whenever she's on, I try to resist bragging about the fact I finished my four-year college degree in five years because she got her uh, undergraduate at Yale, she got her master's at Harvard, and then she got two graduate degrees at Oxford. She likes school and is really a good student. But we are today talking about making Jesus first in every area of your life. And as you know, we're just turning the calendar page to February. We're still hopefully uh, trying to stay focused on uh, new disciplines in the new year and making sure that we can... uh, we keep Jesus first in every area of our life. And sometimes it's always good to do a little refresher, isn't it, Carrie? It is great to do a refresher, Bill. It is great. So how do we how do we keep Jesus at the center of our lives? I want to really focus in on four spiritual disciplines. And the first one, I, as we got into before break, is prayer. The reality that we can come before the throne room of grace. Mm-hmm. And prayer is just our communication with God. You know, I think about um, in Acts 1 8, before, uh, be- as Jesus, right before he ascended into heaven and commissioned his followers, he said, But go into the upper room and pray. And then you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we're following the example of Jesus. I mean, Jesus, as as he was walking the earth, you know, I love this scripture. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. And so Jesus is our example. He was always drawing away to a quiet place to pray. Of course, he taught us how to pray. With the Our Father who art in heaven, he taught us the prayer. He said we could call God the Father. This in a culture that wouldn't even speak the name of God out loud. He said you can call him Abba, Daddy, that intimacy. He said we can pray to God like that. And, there, of course, there are different kinds of prayer. Again, another acronym. I love acronyms. ACTS, you've probably heard of this, A-C-T-S, ACTS, mm-hmm. different kinds of prayer. The first is adoration. You know, Psalm 145, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Uh, from one generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Psalm 22 said, God inhabits the praises of his people. And that word inhabit says that as we praise the Lord, he is so close and intimate with us, like the union of a husband and wife. It is that kind of intimacy. So as we praise the Lord, we become so close to him. Uh, My mentor used to say, uh, praise gives elbow room for the Holy Spirit. I love that. (laughs) And of course, the C part of the prayer is confession. 
uh, 1 John 1, 9, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And I love the image of the scripture says he will remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. And so we can come before him. And he says, God is like a father waiting on tiptoe, ready to forgive the wayward child and throw his a robe around him and say, my son was lost, but now he's found confession. And, and, and scripture even says we can confess our sins to one another, but first of all, especially to God and he who is faithful will forgive us. And the next kind of prayer, I think sometimes, Bill, we, we try to hide from God be, because of things we've done. And he's just waiting for us, yearning for us. Uh, to to say I'm sorry, He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven, and He wants that for all of us. And and He doesn't take it back. We might take it back, but He never does. He watches us clean. So just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. The next kind of prayer, of course, is prayer of thanksgiving. Psalm 100: Enter His courts with thanksgiving, and go into His courts with praise. It's having that attitude of gratitude and. You know, I've done missions around the world, and let me tell you, you know, when you've slept on ground with bugs around and there's no hot water and there's no running water, you know, and times when there's no food, that makes you so grateful for everything. I just encourage us all, take a week and when you open your eyes, thank you, Lord, for that I can open my eyes. Thank you, Lord that I have this pillow to sleep on. Thank you, Lord, for this water. Just that attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. and prayer. And then the last is supplication. Um, And the scripture says we have not because we ask not. He wants us to come to him with our needs and our wants and our asks. Um, And even when we don't know what to ask, it says in Romans 8, he interprets our groaning. So prayer, that communion with God, and of course, part of prayer is also being silent before the Lord and just listening, that still, small voice, um, and listening to what God says. He does speak to us. He speaks to his children. We know his voice. As As Jesus said, I am the great shepherd, and my sheep know my voice, and the longer we cultivate that that time in silence with the Lord, he will speak to us. So prayer is that first spoke. The next spoke going into the hub to keep Jesus in the center of our lives is scripture. And uh, in Joshua 1, the Lord says to Joshua, meditate on my words day and night, and you will be successful in all of your ways. And that word meditate, the, the Hebrew word there to meditate on God's word, to meditate on scripture, is the Hebrew word hagah. And that means to chew vociferously like a cow. And I don't know how, I don't <laughs> mm-hmm. know how many stomachs a cow has, but cows eat it. It goes to one stomach. They spit it up and they eat it again. And it keeps going up and down and 
they chew on the word of God. Uh, my my mentor Irene used to say, you know, the word of God is like broccoli. Some days it tastes so good, and we're just sitting with it and sitting with this love letter from God, and it speaks right to us. Other times we read scripture and it seems quite bland. She said, but remember, the nutrients are the same. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're feeling, the nutrients are the same. You know, Paul calls us to renew our minds. In Romans 12, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we do that? Well, we we hold it up against Scripture, not against our feelings, not against what the world says, but what does the Word of God say? As it says in Hebrews, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the human heart. And as it says in Second Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed. This is a living word. The great evangelist Michael Green, when he would give a Bible to say, to give a Bible to someone, he'd say, "This is dynamite. Be careful when you hold it." <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So the word renews our mind. It, you know, I know for myself when I struggled so much with depression, I had so much stinking thinking, Bill. I had to go through the Word of God and replace it with God's truth. And I'm telling you, it's like I had a rewiring of my mind. When I felt worthless, I would go to the scriptures from the Lord that say, I love you with an everlasting love. When I got lost on my identity, oh, I'm a barren woman, I'm unmarried, I'm this, I'm that, I would go to the Word of God that says, you are my beloved child. You are part of a royal priesthood. You are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I had to root myself in identity. I had to root myself in the reality of forgiveness. I had to root myself in the when I held my mother's hand, her last breath from cancer, I had to root myself in the Word of God, where Jesus says, "I am the resurrection and the life." Even though my mother dies, she will live forever. We root ourselves. We can. Our thoughts can take us in all sorts of dark places, and we have to illuminate our minds with the Word of God. I've used the scripture for guidance to truth as a love letter just to sit in fellowship with God and to take captive. Paul says, take captive all your thoughts for Christ. Don't let those negative thoughts roll around like a marble in your brain. Take them captive. But in order to do that, we have to stay in the word of God and root ourselves in the truth of God. Yes. So, Solid truth, Carrie Heddington. I love everything you just said. I'm, I'm taking notes and I'm agreeing and we're cheering here in the studio. Great. Are we ready for the next spoke? Uh, I believe we are. Yeah. Okay. We'll get going with the next spoke. The next spoke to hold that 
hub of Jesus in the center of our lives. So remember, the first one is prayer. The second one is scripture. The third one, and this is so important, is fellowship with other believers, to be in a community of believers. Bill, think about this. At the center of the universe is a community. God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God's very nature is relationship. So how much more we need to be in relationship? It says in Hebrews, don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. So I think, boy, if that isn't a word for us today, particularly uh, as we're coming out of COVID, and I know some people still need to stay home for protection, and I understand that. But the majority of us um, need to meet together, need to come together face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, in community, and worship God together. It's where we get our encouragement. We need encouragement. We need to remind each other the truth of Scripture. We need to come together in prayer. The Word says, when two or more are gathered, I will be in the midst of you, says Jesus. And so, and think about, it's not only for ourselves, but it's for our witness to the world. In Acts 2, just, just listen to this of their, of their um, time together. Acts 2, verse 42, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through these apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared their food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. What a powerful word that is, Bill. Yeah, it and, is. And, and, and you look, I was reading a, a scholar named Meeks who wrote a book called The First Urban Christians talking about um, that it was, it was often, yes, you had some great preachers, but it was it truly what really witnessed to people more than anything else was the power of the community. How could they have rich and poor and people from all different ethnicities, different socioeconomic backgrounds? Who were these people who were together in a highly fractionalized society? Who were these people who went and visited prisoners? Who were these people who were caring for widows? Who were these people who were welcoming slaves? Who were these people? And it was the quality of their community. But we know 
so much of it. Think about that community from a small band of 12 are now over 2 billion followers of Jesus in the world. It was not only it was the power of the Holy Spirit, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit to them together as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. What a powerful, powerful reminder of, you know, lives being lived well out loud where people can see the love that's being uh, shared between people and the way people provide for one another and help one another and care about one another. What a loud testimony that is to the world. All right, let me take a, take a break. Carrie Headington is my guest, and we're trying to make sure we make Jesus first and foremost in every area of our life. We'll be right back. listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. Putting Jesus first in every area of your life. Always a great reminder uh, every year to make sure you've got your priorities in order. And Carrie Headington is helping us do that this year. And we're um, so glad that we're doing something uh so proactive is the spokes on a wheel. I don't know how many spokes there are on a wheel. I know we've got prayer and we've got scripture and fellowship. I know we've got a couple more, maybe one more. We have, for this one, Bill, we have one more. However, I encourage everyone to design their own wheel. I'll tell you the extra little spokes I add to myself. Okay. But to keep Jesus in the center of our lives, these four spokes are absolutely essential, and then you can add your your own additional ones. So the first one, as you said, is prayer. The second one is scripture. The third one is fellowship, being part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just want to encourage everyone on that on that last one, fellowship. You know how much we really need each other in community. I've heard some people say. You know, we've called back to church and said, you know, we haven't seen you at church. We really miss you. And people are saying, well, I didn't think that I really, you know, meant that much to the community or I I don't really matter. And, boy, I keep taking everyone back to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 12 that says, just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body so it is with Christ and how it says, you know, there's no small part of the body. Every single part of the body of Christ is absolutely essential and we need everyone. It, and it leads us into this next uh, spoke and that is living into the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus says, go and make disciples and teaching everything I've commanded you and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. His final words just before he ascended into heaven, he said, now you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the ends of the earth. Essentially, Jesus is saying, 
you have been with me. You have seen me heal. You have seen me feed people. You have seen me treat all people with dignity. You have seen me lay down my very life for others. You have seen me speak good news and be good news. Now you are going to be my hands and my mouthpiece and my eyes and my heartbeat in the world. And so we, as we are filled up with Jesus, we now are called to give this news away, to share this news with others. I always say, you know, the Dead Sea is dead because it has no outlet. One of the most amazing ways to keep Jesus in the center of our lives is to be about the work he has called us to do. He has called every single one of us to be his ambassadors. And I think about that, Bill. Every human being, they say on on an average day, encounters three people. If you think about it, at the end of your life, that is that we have the opportunity to influence for better or for worse over 76,000 people in our lives. We are all kind of mayors for the kingdom of God of our own cities. And and we 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 need to be about sharing the love of Jesus with those around us. We need to encourage people and say, God, you know, God is real. God is alive. God cares. God is working on your behalf. Are you ill? Let me pray with you. You're hungry? Let me get you some food. You need a listening ear? I'm going to be that listening ear. And then as I am seeing you and loving you and caring for you, I'm going to share with you the most extraordinary news that God is real and God is alive and God wants to be in relationship with you. His name is Jesus. And he stands at the door of every human heart and says, if you open the door, I will come in and be with you forever. What an extraordinary opportunity that God has allowed us to be alive at this time in human history to tell the world, to tell our next-door neighbor, to tell our grandparents, to tell our children, to tell those in the unemployment line, God is real. God is with us. You are loved. There is hope. There is life after death. There is power in the Holy Spirit that you can experience right now. And there is a God who promises, I will never, ever, ever leave you. You are never alone. Jesus said, I will be with you even till the end of the age. So as we begin this year, we're a month in. Is Jesus the center of our lives? Is he first in our finances, our interests, our relationships, our schedules, our troubles? How can we better keep Jesus in the center? How is our prayer life? Are we spending time in the word of God? Are we in fellowship with fellow believers? And last, are we participating with God 
in his work in the world, the call that he has on every human life. So I hope that helps. I I personally have a couple of extra spokes. I make sure I have the Sabbath, and I make sure I take good care of my health, and I also have a mentor. But uh, I hope this is the wheel of our lives. So I encourage all of our listeners, what what is in the wheel of your life? What's in the hub, and what are the spokes? Mm-hmm. Carrie, I love your conclusion. I love the comments, the recap, and I think let's not overcomplicate it. Let's just keep the main thing the main thing. And you gave that beautiful story of just coming alongside someone who might need a listening ear, and then you have this lovely opportunity to tell them about the greatest love you'll ever know, and that's Jesus. So, well done. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, well done. Thank you for doing the show today, and I know you've got winter in Dallas, so go enjoy. Go slide down a hill or do something. Thank, thank you, Bill, and may we roll forward with Jesus in the center. Amen and amen, Carrie Heddington. Thank you again, and have a great night. You too, Bill. All right. Yep. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you missed any of it, Carrie's hour was exceptional. You can go to MyFaithRadio.com, check out the podcast, send it to a friend, maybe someone who's struggling with uh, their life right now. This will help get their life in order. It certainly helped me and helped Rosie. We're smiling ear to ear. Thank you for listening and supporting Faith Radio. That wraps up our show for the day and for the week. Thank you for supporting Faith Radio. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.